What's up, everyone, and welcome to the 53rd edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by Disney's number one hater, Jaden. G'day. Congratulations on hosting last week. Right. You did a great job. Nah, I don't freaking know. It just, I, I cringe every time I think about it. Just... Do you? Yeah. Did you go back and listen? I did. And I was like, and you realized you did a good job. Nah, dude. I was I, like, everything I didn't want, like, er- everything I didn't want to sound like, I sounded like. I was like, oh, fuck. That was, that was bad. Oh, no. Nah, it really wasn't. It really wasn't. Everyone should go and listen to it if you haven't. I'm sure that's exactly what Jaden <laughs> wants right now. Yeah, that's what I wanted to, to hear, yeah. <laughs> and the Peacemaker, aka Fitzy, aka Liam. Hey. Yes. I'll keep that one around until people start universally recognizing the Peacemaker. You know, as it's, as a character, because no one really knows who he is yet, but he's gonna he's gonna be big. I'm telling you, he's got a HBO show, Hopefully. and he's John Cena, so that's really all that matters. Yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is Cinema Effect. It's a podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, everything. Subscribe, rate us, visit ratethispodcast.com/slash Cinema Effect. Give us a five star review. I'll read it on the show. Haven't reminded you of that in a while, but please do. A uh, couple things. Thank you very much for voting in our Instagram poll oh, for <laughs> this month. And I pulled it out again, ladies and gentlemen. I did it. I did it again. I'm so happy. Had this been the week I had gone for anything other than Parasite, I reckon I could have won it, but because I went for that. I don't think it was Parasite. No, yeah. dude. Australia's I, – I, I really don't I, – I think you're overestimating Australia's weight. Nah, it's it's the votes for a lot of people are, you know, our friends in South Australia. So every all the Australians came together and voted Australia pretty much. It was all on national pride. Thank you. That was that was always my logic. I had some I had some doubters in this call last week, but Hold on. hey. But is this is this really fair? Because like you're metagaming now, you know you're 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 working out our target audience. You're not going just based off like merit of the movie and shit. I mean like. I don't think this is fair. I think we need a recount. A recount? A recount. Oh, my God. You know, because I actually didn't know this. You can, like, see – I'm Fitzy knew this, I'm sure. You can, like, see who voted for what. Yeah. So do you want to go and, like, take a look at the list and start appealing to everyone who voted for Australia and try and win them back over? Some sort of political thing? I'm but sure I, there was a Russian interference in this. Probably. Cause, yeah, they love Australia. Yeah. Um, Anyway, thank you very much for voting, regardless of what you voted for. I won't think any lesser of you, even though I have already taken a screenshot of everyone that voted for Parasite, um, and we'll be noting that in the future. But also, I actually have a note here, no shit, that I took a few days ago that says, get us to 100 subscribers. I was going to make a final push to get us there, but it's redundant because we're already there. We did it. We hit 100 subscribers. We deserve a round of applause because, you know, unless the algorithm which just for no no one understands how it works and for some reason just favors you it normally takes a good year or two for people to get to 100 subscribers and then it cascades you know talk, talking about the youtube meta game if you will but so we've, we've hit the milestones exciting thank you very much please don't unsubscribe because then we'll be lowered from it you know because we're right on the edge now we need to start i, I want to see us get to like 100 or 405 then we're in the safe spot then it's like, okay, we're there. Because if what all it takes is now one unsubscribe and we're back in the in the two digits there, and that's scary. No, so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gonna unsubscribe. Oh my so god. Then we get to 
constantly uh, achieving, you know. Yeah, I know. Thank you for that. We appreciate you. And as always, we'd like you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comments section or send us a DM on Instagram. You write it in, we'll read it out. That's how it goes. Our specific question of the show next week will be, what is your favourite movie you studied in school? Let us know. Everyone's done done a few. And uh, I know we certainly experienced many in the glorious uh, 360p quality. You know, I've got all click for you up there. So let us know what you studied and what you liked. This week we're reviewing Argo, which opened in the US on the 12th of October 2012. It was directed by Ben Affleck. The genre is a thriller, and the synopsis reads, Acting under the cover of a Hollywood producer scouting a location for a science fiction film, a CIA agent launches a dangerous operation to rescue six Americans in Tehran during the US hostage crisis in Iran in 1979. People, what do we think of Argo? And, well, Jane, how long ago did you see it originally? I want to ask you that. Uh, Probably two years. Okay. Okay. Was this one of those ones that was just popped up on Netflix for you at the time? Or? Um. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. It's two years ago, Finny. I don't, I don't, can you, I, don't, <laughs> I don't fucking log this in the back of my mind of uh, use that later. So. Nah, it's fair enough, fair enough. I just wanted to know if you were like, I don't know, going on like a mission to revisit Best Picture winners or something. You don't know, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because this did win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Which is cool. But anyway, what do you think about it this time, Jaden? Um, frankly, I still like it. You know, I think my Middle Eastern history teachers aren't going to be too happy, but um, I do like it. I think um, I think there's a lot of great. Th- I, th- I I do think it's well written, well directed, well acted. Um, I think the portrayal of the Arabs is something that you could call into question a bit, but I think it's mostly fair. I think towards the end it gets a bit comical and ridiculous when like they're chasing down a plane with the police cars and shit. But you know. Um, no, it's, it's a movie I really like. And I think it's, it for, 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 for what it is, it has the trappings to be really slowly paced and, you know, fall to quite dull moments, but I, I don't think it ever really does. So, yeah. I'd agree with that. Are you also, you're a one-time viewer, Fitzy, right? Yeah. Tell me what you thought. I like it. Um, I guess it takes this weird... Real, con- real, you know, real life concept, and kind of derives tension from it in a weird way. Even though nothing much really happens in the movie to, you know, for that tension to happen, it's just kind of like implied, and um, it's just really good at that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty grounded as well until you know, the end with the police rather than flying down the hall at the runway, but. It is good. It is good. I enjoyed the movie a fair bit as well. Um, I don't know. It's a bit of an odd case. I I have a few nitpicks and things that don't entirely work for me. And just watching it by itself, I am surprised it's a Best Picture winner. Not to disparage it in any way. I'm just, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, like, I don't know why I have such a set criteria in my brain for what a Best Picture winner is because... Every movie conceivably is one of Best Picture and nominee and weird movies and good movies and movies I don't like. So I don't really know what I'm talking about. But anyway, it did surprise me. It's not what I typically think of. And I don't know. Overall, I had a good time. I think there's a lot to like. Um, I think Ben Affleck has 
shown once again here. He, he consistently impresses me as a director. Um, the only movie of his I haven't seen is uh, Live by Night, which I want to watch just because I want to complete the, you know, the Ben Affleck directorial collection there, if you will. Did he but, direct Gone Baby Gone? He did. Yeah. Didn't love that movie, unfortunately, but... No? No, no. It was okay. Um, I enjoyed this more, for sure. But when, we, but then this and the town, sort of right there, sort of knocking at each other for me when I'm trying to determine which one's better. So, I don't know, that's, that sums it up. I think it's a solid movie. I'm not head over heels about it, as you can probably tell, but I had a good time. I would recommend anyone check it out. It's pretty, breezes by pretty, pretty fast, I would say. It's got some, it's a, it's a solid thriller. I think the third act is quite tense. I, I enjoyed that a lot. I do want to ask when it comes to a, you know, a Ben Affleck performance, I thought he did a good job at, in this film. And it's important when he's directing, I think that he separated this from other Ben Affleck performances. Um, it starts with the look. I thought, I thought he had, I thought his hairdo was a wig and apparently I Googled it and it wasn't, I thought it, it was really distracting to me. I thought it was really bad, but but either way, though, it stood out. It was unique, and I thought the character was sort of different for him. Really reserved guy. He doesn't really smile at all. So then the moment when they make it out the end on the plane and he sort of like cracks a half-grin thing, I was like, oh, that's cool. That felt earned, you know. And I think him pulling off that kind of role, this government guy, um, the stuff with his family I thought was quite effective too, which is funny considering they get like, one and a half minute screen time. Um, that's actually kind of why I like it. So I don't know. Have you guys got anything to say about Ben Affleck playing this this character Tony Mendez, who I'm probably never going to refer to as Tony Mendez again because I've just everywhere written Ben Affleck. But I thought he was. I thought it was a different role for him. I liked it. I mean, how different is it? I mean, like he's still kind of playing an action hero. Yeah, with less action, but, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of no. That's a fair point. I guess it's a similar role. In terms, in, in terms of being the lead of a, of a story like this, of a thriller, that's certainly not something he's, you know, that he's hasn't done before. But I think, yeah, I think it was how he approached it. He was this reserved guy, and it was all, it was all intellectual. It was all operations and espionage and stuff that, yeah. What, but it wasn't any action. I just thought he had a certain demeanor to him that I quite liked. He seemed quiet. He seemed like all whenever he was thinking about and having contact with his family. It, what, there was nothing overtly emotional about it. Like he wasn't – the performance was quite subtle, I think, in that way. Like I always got that he really cared about his family and that was something that was really important to him and drove him, but never fell on the nose in a good way, I guess. So the, all these things I'm saying uh, make it stand out a little bit, but how vital is Affleck's here enjoyment of the movie, Fitzy? I don't really feel like it was that different from – I, don't know, I guess you're right now. I think that I'm quite enjoying, but I it's weird. I can't really think of traits that he's had in other roles. You know, like I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like when Good Will Hunting is like he's just a guy, you know, and in <laughs> he's just a guy. He's no, that's fair though. He, he's very much a supporting character to Matt Damon in that movie, which is why the character is effective in that movie. But that's fair though. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I was having a look at his filmography and like it's all like Batman action, 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 action. One Christmas movie randomly. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Daredevil. But if I think to the town as a, as an example of the, that 
action archetype for him. I think if memory serves, he's a hothead in that movie, right? Um, or he's a recovering alcoholic or something to that effect. Maybe I'm messing that up. It's something like that. Um, that's distinctly different, I think. I got that from yeah. Maybe, I don't know if I can remember the details. James trying to oh, 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 wasn't Jeremy Renner the? Or was he like the level of one? They both were. Well, Jeremy Renner was definitely more extreme. Yeah. So, but or, or was he had like relationship issues with Blake Lively and for some reason like that though, right? Now, now we're just trying to remember the town. <laughs> yeah. that I was, but I it does really stand like, out in my brain as different. Sorry, but I always thought he was like really serious in that film. But that's my what I remember him. Yeah, like, I have a feeling it was too. He was kind of like the, uh, the the Tommy Shelby of the town, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, I watched the first episode of Peaky Blinders this week, so that, that reference just was perfectly tied for me. <laughs> so thank you for that. Because I'm just saying, a week ago, I would have no idea what you were talking about. I don't know, do I, does my, my point still sort of stands there. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it is different <laughs> enough. It's, it, warrants, it, it warrants a comment, it's different enough, yeah. Sure, sure, thank you, yeah. The, the, the longest way ever to make that point. I do like but yeah. five minutes dancing around that. Yeah, it's all right, whatever. Um, but anyway, I mentioned the stuff with his kid, and it is quite important to the movie, I think, and to his character. I can totally understand if you were to watch the movie and just sort of think like, that's forgettable. Like, why are you even bringing it up? Like, because here's one scene where he calls his son, another scene where he writes his son a letter, and then the the final scene, and that's literally it. But I thought it was efficient storytelling, and I enjoyed it because the whole time, like I mentioned, you can sort of you can see it when he's having conversations with the six. He mentions his family briefly. I think you get the sense that always, mainly in the performance, that they're important to him. So then, all the scenes again, count them on one hand, that we get, each of them are really effective at displaying that. So then by the time we get to the end and he sits with his kid in the bed, I felt that. I was like, good for him. You know, good for you, Ben Affleck. You, job well done. You did the thing that you had to do in this movie. And that's why I liked it because, I don't know, I could easily see the script getting bogged down in like eight more scenes with the family where it's generic stuff. And don't get me wrong, like in essence, I guess it is still generic in the movie, but it just doesn't doesn't indulge in itself. The family is integral to the plot as well, because, I mean, like, he gets the entire idea from his son. Like, he's like, what are you watching? He like, does, too. Planet of the Apes and whatever. And, like, you know, you, you can see, like, the son's bedroom's littered with, like, sci-fi shit. So, I mean, he's obviously, yeah. like, very aware of, like, this kind of B-grade of movie, like, of the 70s. So, like, I think, like, you know, even if, regardless of how much emotional effectiveness the family had, they were in, they were, well, the son, at least, was important to the plot for kicking things in motion. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I totally, totally forgot about that, but that's exactly what happens. I liked the opening animation a lot. And I got some trivia here about it, I think. I did. Oh, thank God. Why do I? Oh, no, I don't. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. What a roller coaster. So, so often, like, I bring up something that we can discuss and then I'll, you know, I remember, oh, I've got trivia about it, but that was actually one I didn't pick, so that was pointless. Anyway, the the idea is that they added this late in the movie. This was tacked on, the opening uh, animation bit. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was well animated. And I read that they wanted to do it to make the uh, the motivation of the Iranians, 
I'm not botching their nationet like they're the correct no, you're fine. term for their people. Thank you. Um, they just added it to make their side of the conflict relatable and understandable, which is actually very important. And I didn't realize this. If you were to take that scene out, at least for me, I've got no historical context for any of this. If you were to take that scene out, I'd be like, why are these people mad? Can they just calm down? Like the entire opening US embassy raid wouldn't really work without nah, it to yeah. me anyway. Um, but it totally does work thanks to this yeah. and because it's really well shot. And yeah, I love the opening, love the opening scene. I think this is the best Affleck sequence I've seen him direct. I thought it was awesome. And I took note exactly because you know how it does the thing often where um, it's cutting between like shots that are meant to replicate real um like the aspect ratio and the, the film grade and stuff is like designed to replicate if, as if someone was shooting it in the crowd and it's constantly cutting back and forth between these different shots. Really, really like that. To, to the extent where I wrote down to look up afterwards if this is real footage that he's incorporating into the film and it wasn't. It was all – there's – once we're in the film, like outside of the end, obviously the end credits, that we're, there's no repurposed real footage really except maybe news reports. So – this is all recreated and it's really well done. I thought it, it totally looked realistic and they apparently gave like extras cameras to hold and like pretend they're and to shoot shit. And I thought it was a really cool strategy. And then cons- really fast paced, cutting back and forth between the people in the embassy, losing their minds. And I felt that I'd be scared shitless in that situation. The, the way it was presented. No, that was, that was horrifying. And then I started jumping over the fence that one moron wants to leave and get out the door. The one guard's like, oh, I'll go out. I'll calm him down. And reason with them. Yeah. <laughs> and he just gets fucking taken. And, and was it the same guy who says, like, um, tear gas is a last resort and they tear gas immediately? Yeah. That was also, that was something too. That was good. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, re- I really liked it. It was probably my favourite sequence in the movie. I haven't even really gotten started at all. And I didn't really know what the movie was about. I, When they introduced the Hollywood plot that they're going to undercover create a fake motion picture production, like when they said it, I remembered that Jaden had said something about this movie having to do with filmmaking, but I'd forgotten up until that point. So I was like, oh, oh that's that's cool. I forgot I said that too, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. They, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Because I was sort of at this point thinking we're just getting a straight spy thriller here or something, but. Added that definitely that lighter element to it with all that stuff, and John Goodman's character and the introduction of who's who John Goodman and his buddy who's who's the buddy what's his name? Oh, Alan Arkin, Lester C. Yeah, he's great. He's great. One issue I can see people having with this movie as as this is introduced, right? Because this is all serious CIA stuff. Ben Affleck's in a boardroom. He's under pressure. It presents a kind of movie I thought we were getting. And then when that stuff's introduced, I can see some people feeling like the, the, the tonal mix here is a bit off. Um, I think it balances it well enough, honestly, because, yeah, we cut from the serious CIA hostage crisis situation, very, very dark and presented as such. And then we get over to John Goodman and Seagull and they hear cracking crack jokes. And I enjoyed them a lot. Just <laughs> They cracked me up a lot, like when John Goodman yeah, tells Ben Affleck, you know, like, oh, we're making a fake production. We got, I got no idea what I'm doing. You'll fit right in. Mm. Plenty, plenty of fun, plenty of fun lines of dialogue like that. And 
yeah, again, something I didn't really expect from this movie. Walked away from it, digging it a lot. But how do you guys feel about those characters, and specifically the lighter, slightly more comedic tone that Affleck goes for here? It worked for y'all uh, as well, did it? Yeah, I think the the comedy and like the lightness is kind of integral to the to the movie because I mean, like, I think it's, it's you know it's a momentary respite from like all the tenseness of it. And you know it's oh, a, yeah. it's, a, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a you know it's different to like your kind of other Middle Eastern set action thriller tense shit you know like you're not watching Body of Lies and then you cut to fucking Hollywood and you know they're, they're cracking jokes I, 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 I think it's in, important to distinguish the movie as something uh, you know you know to, to to distinguish the movie as something away from the genre and then like I think you know also because it's you know really happened. Uh, I love doing air quotes, mm. and only you can see them. You know, the audience can't fucking see them. So I'm just like, yeah. I feel like you can hear them as well. You <laughs> yeah. know, in, in the way you said it, I could slowly um, hear some air yeah. quotes. I want you to dive into the historical ac- inaccuracies potentially, because I don't know anything about. Oh no, neither do that. I. I was, I was thinking, oh. should I, should I search up a, you know, an accuracy fucking comparison? But it's like, nah, we're just winging it. Because I, I did know in the, in the trivia. The Canadians um, were a lot more important to, to the thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the movie sort of portrays like. Affleck did it all, and he, you know, he sort of forced the CIA's hand in cooperating with him. Um, and I read that I'd have to dive into the specifics, but the Canadian government actually did help a lot. Um, not yeah, to- because they're like so congratulated at the end. It felt like they had a bigger role. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With like the comedy and the lightness and stuff. Like I think if they place that comedy within, you know, the actual country within the actual conflict it wouldn't have worked as well but because it's this other side thing in you know in hollywood it's like it doesn't conflict as much because there's a difference between having conflicting tones like this but it works because it's like not you know it doesn't actually conflict uh with attention you know in any way the i didn't even think of that in, you know, the country. it's not like it's mocking you know they're not having jokes with the actual, um, the actual people, so that's like it doesn't make a lot of the situation. No, they create the the structural and the geographical separation between the two, like both. Mm, yeah. it, it, it like literally where the scene is geographically is like sort of affects and informs the tone of the scene. Which works because yeah, you're totally right. It's not like wherever in Iran, with Ben Affleck on the ground in a tense scene, and there's a weird joke there or something. Like we always, we always have time yeah. to sort of, you know, jump to another scene and get a, get some John Goodman, John Goodman goodness. He's great. Yeah. He really is great. He really is. Argo, fuck yourself was great. They did it. They did, they they kept doing it. I enjoyed it. It was to be fair. It was mainly the first time. When uh, he's talking to the journalist, and the journalist is like, "Why is it called Arga?" It's like, oh, "Dude, I don't know." <laughs> that shit was great. I enjoyed that. I guess to emphasise that point that we've been making about the tones and stuff, the only time I think the movie really does try and combine them, and I think it does it well, is in this interesting sequence that I took note of. Um, it's when they're at the press event for Argo, the fake press event for the film. And you like follow this. There's this shot where you follow a waiter into the kitchen, and and it's like you literally transition. Like the lighting actually transitions as you do it. Like if you're in the 
press event and it's like light and orange and stuff. And then you follow the waiter through the hallway into the dingy kitchen and there's a news report playing. This is all one shot. And there's a news report playing about reminding you about the hostage crisis. Everyone's still there. The six people haven't been found. And then it does, the movie does this interesting thing where it literally cuts back and forth between like um, the revolutionists piecing together um, pictures and because they're, they're trying to piece together the shredded paper um, and news reports. And then at the, like John Goodman reading this fake script, like that's meant to be really cheesy, like constantly back and forth. And that's the only time where it like attempts to balance the tones in literally the same scene moment to moment. Um, and I liked it. I thought it did a good job of that. And like Fitzy said, it refrained from doing it often. So when it did do it, he, Affleck pulled it off, man. He balanced it well. I was reading it and like uh, like the accuracy thing just now, and it says the uh, the entire airport sequence at the end was essentially like all just like Hollywood lies. Like apparently, like the actual really? extraction and like the airport, like the whole airport, like you know, leaving thing apparently went really smoothly, and they were able to just get through fine and all that stuff. So that would have been really ballsy if they just <laughs> told it accurately. <laughs> Nothing, nothing happens. Let's walk through. Yeah, that's something they almost just like by, yeah, dude. The 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 screenwriter gets to that part and he's like, all right, oh, I just have to do something here, don't I? I have to, <laughs> I have to inject something here. But I mean, I think the part when the Iranian dude like rings John Goodman Goodman's office in the US, the producer's office, and they're like on a movie set and just can't walk past the guy. He's just standing there going, "Sorry, we're shooting now." Like I think when that happened, we should realize, okay, this this is definitely not real. This definitely did not happen. This is false drama if I've ever seen it, dude. Just punch the guy. Just who gives a shit? Yeah, I know. Like, like know? if you're aware of how important you are right now, you you just go through. Like, this, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, but he's not, isn't he? Doesn't he think it's? Because at that point, it's that, um, at that yeah, point, yeah, like, it's like, been I, I, this, you know. He thinks he's not useful anymore. Mm. But he's still trying to get back to the producer's building. I, 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 he probably still feels like there's something. I don't know. Yeah, no, nah, you're probably right. Yeah. I don't know why they were forced to wait when they were resetting the scene. I mean, like, they literally reset the scene. That was their perfect opportunity to just, like, go through and, like, no, he's wait. Like, well, no, they're, gonna re- they're, they're, they're too quick at resetting it. It's like, bro, like, how long does it take to walk through? Like, honestly. We haven't actually talked about the, the key element of this story, which is the six uh, U.S. Embassy employees, they escape the initial, what, what would you call it? I, I keep calling it a raid of the embassy. Is that accurate? What, what is it? Like a, ta- a take, the hostile takeover of the U.S. Embassy or whatever at the start of the movie. They escape it. Yeah, raid's probably acceptable, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Because that's, that's what they do. They raid the joint. Um, and the, the entire story, which is, uh, you know, it's historically accurate in terms of this aspect of it, is that these six US people that work for the government end up having to hide in a Canadian ambassador's mansion in Iran because the revolutionists are hunting them and they're taking hostages and, and all that. I feel like the movie really tries, and I this is probably just a Zach thing, before I even say it, this is a Zach nitpick, I'm pretty confident it will be. But they definitely try significantly hard to make you feel like tense for these people, that their situation's really dire. They constantly emphasize how people are being hanged on the street. We get a few shots of that. Um, 
emphasize how the revolutionists are hunting them. And there's a, there's even one scene where like the journalists are about to leak their locations and they're throwing in like sh- every plot element at the wall here. To, the, that's just trying to get you to feel like, Oh God, these guys are really screwed. They're in a tense spot right now in a tight corner. But every single time we cut back to them and they're just, there's like one time we cut back to them and they're just hanging out in like having a glass of wine. Like mm. I can't, I struggle to really connect with your dire straits here. You know, they're like, and they're like emotional and they're, you know, they're upset. And obviously don't get me wrong. If I'm in this situation, I'd be shitting myself too. But just from a story perspective in, in a film, I'm like, these people seem to be living the life here. Like I'm not really, I, I wish we, we could have, I don't know, portrayed the, the, these characters in a way that sort of better painted their situation and how, you know, if they're like hiding in the basement or something, you know what I mean? Which sounds sort of generic as I say it, but. Well, they were kept under the floorboards. Like that's like when he tells them in, in that scene. Oh, they do quickly know. hop under the floor. But if they were there all the time or something, you know, like introduce an element, right, where it's like, um, I don't know, there's a, there's a, what a scheduled, yeah. there's a scheduled check of every government's house every like daily or like every second day or something. There's just an easy plot element you can introduce, right? There's a check every t- all the time the house is being checked by external people. So they have to hide. They can't just sit in the house and have a glass of wine. You know isn't, what I mean? Isn't that like the isn't that like sovereign soil of like the international state or whatever? Like so like governments can't mm, actually operate on them. No, that's that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. I feel a bit I don't know. I feel like there's something you can do. I feel like you can write around this, I feel like. I don't know. Like even if, you know, because the Canadian, I guess if the Canadian government didn't approve of them being stored, but, uh, being held there, but the representative was doing it anyway. Yeah. Dude, I can't believe the Kiwis turned them away. What bullshit is that? Like, In real life, they didn't. That's oh, another, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, a, that's a movie thing. I was going to say, like, like as, if, as if the Kiwis would turn them away, like there's no possible, like, no, there's no way they'd do that. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine a Kiwi in any scenario going, yeah, hey Bruce. So, uh, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're not going to take you in, bro. Dude, they'll they'll do anything for you. They're the best, right? Yeah, the kid from the least commercial standing at the door and is like, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, they'll they'll do anything for you. No, no. you know what I mean. They're the best. Why would they? Yeah, no. I, but in real life, they in real life they didn't. Uh, in real life, they what happened in real life? I'm, I'm so bad with picking my trivia. I pick trivia that I think will be relevant, and then all the ones I don't pick end up coming up you just need um, to print like a six-page document so you can just flick through and highlight <laughs> yeah yeah just have it here next to me yeah. but um it was a situation i think where canada um the uk and new zealand were all sort of in a position to help and they all mutually decided that the best place to go was the canadian mansion um and the new zealand government was the one that actually um they they helped transport them there so everyone, as far as I can tell from, you know, reading one paragraph on IMDb is that they all cooperated to help them. It wasn't just like, oh, we ditched them and the Canadians helped, you know? Yeah. That that makes that gives more context to the line in the movie. It's like um like it's talks about how the operation was like a massive um success of like um International yeah, cooperation. Yeah, yeah, international cooperation. So that's good. They should have. No, no, that's they great. Probably should have like added that in. I reckon. Because I that's mean, it, it's a very light theme in the film, but it, it's kind of there. You know, the everyone cooperating, and so I m
I didn't even think of that. Because if you're just like taking the movie at face value, it's like international cooperation. Like, I mean, Yankees and the Canadians always cooperate. Yeah, that was sort of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, I, I guess. While I'm nitpicky. All right. What, why? I mean, it was only like two of them, wasn't it? Of the six. And this is a. I don't love the characters themselves of the six US ambassadors or, you know, embassy employees or whatever that escaped. I don't know. They're sort of forgettable characters. I can't really discern them. I can't really tell you, like, what their names are or why they're different to each other. Um, the There's two of them, I think. Uh, again, I watched the movie two days ago. I'm forgetting. The husband and wife. There's two husbands think, and wives. Yeah, yeah. I think one of those couples is, like, needlessly and obnoxiously pessimistic. It's like, bro, you're gonna you're going to get caught. And as you continue to elaborate on, you're going to be executed. And old mate Ben Affleck comes in here with a plan to save you. And they're like, oh, no, it's not going to work. Oh, it's no. going to fail. And it's like, bro. But, and it's like, if it were one scene of like doubt and they're like, we don't believe in this and Ben Affleck wins them over, it's like, okay, that's a fine little story moment. But it happens so often. It's like four times it brought up that these people just don't believe in the plan. Or these people, I mean, to be fair, it's totally fine if you don't believe in the plan, but that they are so needlessly pessimistic, like, oh, this isn't going to work, this is going to fail. It's like, bro, what the hell else are you going to do? Just give it a go. If you, you're going to die anyway, you know what I mean? You get caught out there, you get caught in here. Yeah, it was mainly that one guy that wasn't it? The moustache dude. Yeah. Oh, there's like... two moustache dudes, though. <laughs> isn't there? I think the other one was like a fake mustache for the escape, wasn't it? I don't know. Either way. They look like generic 80s people. Or I guess 70s people. Yeah. yeah. And then isn't he the one in the end, though? Which, I, I mean, I guess kudos to the movie. It, it does a bit of character development stuff. Like, he's the one at the end that actually sort of gets them through, right? Where he's the one that starts. Uh, he brings out the storyboards and is telling them all about the plot of Argo and the dudes at the airport are all into it. Like, that's sort of what wins them over. Um, I think it was the same guy again. As I was watching yeah, it, because I swear to God, two of them have the same haircut. Like I wasn't hundred percent sure if it was the same. It was, it was that dude, but that would make sense. Yeah, because yeah. it was the one dude that could speak Farsi. So that was. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a good point. That airport chase sequence was fake. So there you go. Yeah, a... I enjoy- I enjoyed it though. I enjoyed it. I must say, like, Ooh. don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, I-, I I get it. Like the part where they're like smashing the windows and they're like running around, dr- driving on the tarmac. Like, it definitely feels a bit dramatic for sure. But I enjoyed it, though. I would genuinely, like, felt that they were – not that I, – I, I was reasonably confident, given the nature of the story, they were going to get away. But I thought, like, they might have more complications, like, actually taking off and stuff. But when they actually took off and the moment where it's like, um, we have left Iranian airspace, I felt that. It worked for me. Like, yeah, oh, cool. but there's too much stuff at the end, like like the fact like the the, the bus's gears like crank for like fucking ten seconds before it before it like starts driving. Oh, yeah, that's definitely yeah and, yeah. and and like you know the whole like like as if you wouldn't immediately communicate to the tower about like you know oh we think these six you know hold this plane and like you know he's trying to he's hanging out the window trying to shoot out the airplane's tires and then like you know and like <laughs> it's a fair strategy. I, I mean, yeah, but it's it's just way too hammed up, you know. Like, like, there's, there's a, there's, there's a range. There's an acceptable, you know, level on meter, and I just feel like they go, you know, it's like when you're playing Wii Golf and you know you go for a drive and like you know, 
the red, you know, you hit too hard and it, and it swings out. They, 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 you know, their meter was way out. That's a great analogy. And that's totally understandable. I get it. Like that, to your point, they even, I think there's another bit like similar to the, the gears playing up um, where the air, traffic control guys like uh, whatever the British Airways, you're second cleared to take off. So it's like, oh, okay, there's another plane taking off before them. Mm. So it's like, it adds, it adds another delay. I, I get it. But you see, that's a realistic one, you know, like that, like just like queuing up for the runway, you know, that that's way more realistic than, you know, this, you know, <laughs> this, this shuttle bus having to like, you know, wait 15 seconds shuttle to get into Shuttle buses don't jam, Jaden? I mean, you know, no, it's, I, no, it's I t- doing around trips. I, I, I imagine it'd be, you know, a well-oiled machine. No, totally. No, I'm, I, I totally get it. It's just that I think it's, an ex- for me, just totally subjectively, it's an example of Hollywood hamming up straightforward tension adding elements working simply because the desired effect is for you when they leave Iranian airspace to breathe a sigh of relief. And I did that's, you know, in terms of setting up and result, they did it for me, you know, totally valid criticisms though. I feel like we're being a bit more negative than I would have liked. I don't know. Yeah. It's actually making me like the film (laughs) A little bit less. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I, re- I do want to emphasize. I really liked it, dude. Brian Cranston just. just I forgot he was day, do anything. Just watch him do anything all day. You know what I mean? And like the part, and the, I mean, like he's pretty generic government guy, which is fine until um, the third act when he's put in a situation where he's like Ben Affleck's. He's going to the airport. It's happening, and he like loses his mind in the. It's, it's not CIA headquarters, is it? Wherever he is, the government building. No, I think it is. Isn't CIA headquarters in Langley? And... That's Virginia. I, 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 I... Yeah. Isn't he in, like, Washington? I don't know. Oh, you know, he's not in Washington. I don't know. Wherever he was. He was in a government building somewhere. And the whole part where he's, like, losing his mind, like, running around frantically, just trying to make sure that the the tickets are approved, I enjoyed all that. That was I also fair. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. And then when, oh, no, dude, no, the part that was real, Jaden, obviously, is when Ben Affleck got there and went, um, can you please process my tickets? And then the flight attendant does it and goes, oh, sorry, your tickets aren't approved. Can you do it again? Oh, now they're approved. Oh, thank you. That definitely happened, obviously. Hey, credit to, you know, the concept. Again, this definitely didn't happen to real Tony Mendes, but credit to the concept of real Tony Mendes having to do that because Ben Affleck he was just can you imagine how you'd be shitting yourself if you were to get there and that would happen and you t- you there's an, you've got no record of any tickets and you, and you just have to calmly say oh can you please check again oh you'd be you'd have to be losing your mind internally right yeah. wasn't there a dude getting dragged away while he was while that was happening I as think well it was yeah again that's scary shit right there anything to say about the score um, I mean, I felt like it was, you know, it wasn't a huge stand and it was generic at points, but it had a bit of a Middle Eastern flair as well. Um, yeah, describe that flair. <laughs> Is that a fair thing to say though? Would you agree? Uh, it had like some, it yeah, of, it had a bit of that. It's been Munich. Like, I guess. I think I might have. I can't remember that one, but. I think this movie is basically a shorter Munich. Munich. Yeah, I think that's very pretty fair. It's a shorter Munich um, with a comedic element added. 
And they're also not hunting Arabs, they're just rescuing the Yankees. Mm. So I mean it's pretty it's pretty different, but it's it's the exact same, so I mean like <laughs> There's definitely no, there's definitely parallels to draw. Um for better and for worse, like I can like it lacks the larger scale of Munich, it lacks the the more deeper character stuff, I think, of Munich. Um with Eric Banner and stuff. But at the same time, I feel like it's just more moment-to-moment enjoyable um, for me anyway. And and as we mentioned, like the interjection, injection is what I meant to say, injection. I added another syllable, meaninglessly. Meaninglessly. I can't talk today, people. I'm sure you'll realise. I'm just like, there's words and I'm adding or subtracting syllables, but that hopefully people understand the word I am attempting to say in English. I feel like I've been way too hard. I don't know. I didn't mean for this. I, I really did enjoy the movie. I think um, you know. If we're wrapping up, I just want to quickly because I think like I mentioned it in my intro about like the depiction of the Arabs. I think it's oh please, yeah. I think like ultimately, I do think it's fair. It, 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 I think it's as fair as you can get in a hor- in a Hollywood movie where the Yankees are the heroes, and you know you do have to have some kind of villain in it. But I do think that the fact that we're never shown we're never shown a positive Arab. You know, the, the, there's always like a shade in this, or there's always like a questionability. Or you know an outright, you know evilness, you know quote unquote to them, you know even the housekeeper, you know like you know she 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 kind of threatens to expose and then like you know she doesn't, but then she's punished for the fact that she doesn't that she has to flee Iran, you know and like so like even like the one kind of good thing where like you know the the good Iranian was shown is punished and stuff like that. So like and it's yeah in terms of delicateness, I do think it handles it better than what a lot of other American productions can do because I mean, like, you can search up this thing on YouTube. I think it's called like, I think it's called Real Bad Arabs, and it's just like a six minute compilation of like the depiction of Arabs in Hollywood. And it's really hard. Like, it starts off funny, but then it just, it like, as it grows on, it's just really abhorrent. But like, I think Argo is pretty decent in that aspect, which is, you know. Yeah. I mean, I never lost sight of. They were definitely, you know, no doubt portrayed as the villains. Like, I think the fact that they, they, they constantly referred back to the fact that it was the Yankees that set this in motion, you know, they were the ones that instated this, they this bring dictator and stuff. I think had, the, had had it lacked that element, had they not acknowledged that as much, it would have been worse. But because they are constantly referring to that that that, that, that first instance of interference, I think I think I think it's pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And the opening animation, yeah, I agree. They they make an effort. In that regard, and you can see it. And I didn't know this, right? So, in keeping with the period in which the film is set around 1979, Warner Brothers, as we can see, used their Big W logo, not Big W the department store, just just to clarify, which was utilised on their releases around that time, and painted the Burbank Studios logo onto their water tower. Um, so that's cool. I, I actually mainly wanted to bring up the intro Warner Brothers logo being different. I love that one so that. much. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So but I didn't realise it was a thing they did for this movie because if you remember, they also did it for Joker. And so it's this weird – I actually didn't – this didn't click in my brain at all. So it's this weird thing of like they wanted to do it for this movie to fit the time period and stuff. Looks much better than their one now. Um, mm. And they brought it back for Joker. So I guess it's something they, they're happy to reuse when it – maybe when they feel as though they've got a Nazi film on their hands or like a Best Picture contender. They're like, yo, whip out the old, the old intro. Wait, did Joker get nominated for Best Picture? What a fucking joke. 
<laughs> better than wait, Parasite. Wait, right. What is the um? <laughs> wait, what did you say? No, I didn't say anything. I Why do you hate that film so much? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> wait, what, what was the Argo logo that you're referring to? The WB logo? It opened with the... Uh, I don't know, Do you remember it from this movie, Or Joker? It's like the, the 70s... Um, it's like, the, it's like a, the, the white W logo. on like the black back and like the black circle and like the, the, the whole red, you know? Oh, yeah. Time Warner. Oh, yeah. What are we going to rate Argo? I feel weird about this. I feel this conversation straight in a, in a, to a tone that I didn't really anticipate, but that's okay. What are you going to give it, Jen? Um, yeah, I'm going to keep it with an eight. I think I, I gave it an eight the first time around, and um, I think when you get there, I think I think I think there's a lot of great. I think you know I've 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 let my quarrels be known throughout this conversation, and I think you know we have kind of, kind of emphasized them like a lot, but like I think it's just kind of. I don't know. It's it's easier to criticize a movie than it is to compliment it, isn't it? <laughs> so I mean, like, I feel like it's a. Uh, it can be. Yeah. So, uh, but like, um, so I think like you know, it, although the conversation has been kind of a lot of that, it's I think there's still a lot of, um, validity or uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. There's a lot of good things. Yeah. Keeps it. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. 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 I totally. I think, um, it's it's one of those movies where. You know, it depends on the picture, right? Like sometimes we're watching, I don't know, like Blade Runner, we can talk about the things we like. I'm definitely talking about 2049, by the way. The things that we like ad nauseum because they're very specific. Um, in a movie like this, it's like we, we linger on the, my nitpicks and our nitpicks and, thing, and things because like the things that we do like about it, at least for me, like it's just, oh, it was just enjoyable. Like that, that was a funny moment. Mm. That was a cool sequence. Like, like just sort of things that you just sort of have to watch the movie. So I'll th- give it a seven. Sorry. No, no, you're right. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's because we kind of got bogged down in the realism as well, so you're kind of constantly comparing to that and talking from that angle. Sorry, I'll let you continue. No, I def- no, no, I totally agree. Um, yeah, so I'll give it a seven. If you haven't seen it, I definitely do recommend watching it and ignoring some of our nitpicks. Um, but I think the nitpicks are also valid if you've seen the movie, you know. Um, so anyway, Fitzy? I mean, I did give it a seven, but talking about it has... <laughs> I don't think it was alright, so I'll give it a, oh. give it a six. Cool, man. Alright, well, that was compelling. Let's get into news chat. Look, there's not a lot. There's just a bunch of trailers. And I have not discussed with, with my two wonderful co-hosts here what they've watched, so I'm going to throw out trailers, and we'll see, we'll see what sticks here with what's worth discussing. So, first of all, Space Jam, a new legacy trailer. Oh, yeah, I watched that one. You watched that one, Fitzy? Oh, uh, not really. I was in a bit of it, though. You say 43 seconds? <laughs> I saw someone else watching it, so, yeah. Oh, sick. Okay, all right. Um, I, I did watch this one. Um, I don't know why, though. Oh, no, uh, I know why, because yeah. it came up as an ad. It came up as an ad, and it was one of those situations where it's like, I would not seek out this video, but now that's in front of me, I'll watch it, you know. So, I did that. What do you think of it, Jen? No, I really don't. And do you have any shit. connection to Space Jam? No, I don't like. I mean, like the original Space Jam is fine. You know, it's funny cartoons of fucking people interacting. I really don't care about it that much. I don't like basketball. In fact, I hate basketball. I think it's a dog shit boring sport. So I mean, like, um, yeah. In terms of that, I really don't like care about Space Jam. So like, I don't care about this number two. I don't care about any kind of melodrama between the dad and the son. And it just looks like a modernization of like a kind of blend of Wreck It Ralph and Space Jam, and I'm, I'm I don't really care at all. That's that's not a bad comparison, actually. 
I saw a lot of comparisons too, and they're totally like I thought this too. Actually, like the the Ready Player One vibes. Oh yeah, so like, that, there's like an exact shot, of like the fucking Iron Giant sprouting out of nowhere. That, that like it feels yeah. like it's ripped directly from that movie. Did they just like put Spielberg's movie in a timeline and just pull it? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I, I've never liked Space Jam. Never done anything for me whatsoever. I mean, this movie like looks pretty. You know, I, I appreciate that they, they seem to be like doing a hybrid stuff with. 2D Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, and then putting them into 3D CG as well. I kind of like that. Um, I don't know. Is LeBron James a good actor? I don't know. I'm sure he'll probably do fine for what this is. He's not, he's not having to deliver an Academy Award winning performance, so he'll be right. Yeah. Who knows? If Joe can get nominated, this probably can. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ruthless. But, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just weird. Like, So it's this like, intergalactic basketball tournament. This is probably what the first one was about too, but I never liked it. So I, I can't remember. So like, and like the Iron Giants there, and like what is is Master Chief there too? Like he's in Ready Player One. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are the teams here? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Because uh, isn't the, in the original, isn't it Michael Jordan teams up with the Looney Tunes to defeat like some like space devil or some shit? I think so. Yeah. And then this one's more yeah, like an actual. It's like a round robin tourney, you know? Yeah. And to be fair, I actually like the idea of that better. But that sounds more enjoyable. If you've got a team of like Powerpuff Girls in there too, as I just randomly thought of an example like that, of like another franchise IP basketball team that they've got to face, that actually sounds pretty enjoyable. I just didn't really get that strong of a vibe of that from this. I'm just going to take this opportunity to talk about um, how Looney Tunes Back in Action is a good movie. Oh, yeah, I saw you were. Better than Space Jam and. It's a good movie, dude. It's funny and it's, um, it's an underrated classic. It's great. It should be. The cult status that Space Jam should have, it should go to back in action because that's a real. That's a real winner. I've never really found the Looney Tunes funny in any capacity. Oh, get fucked. <laughs> like, they're fo- like, I appreciate like the recurring gags, you know, like, I appreciate the Roadrunner and, um, you know, like he's always in similar situations, and I appreciate um, Tweety Bird because he likes cats like me. You know, so I connected with him on a personal level. But like, that was a that was a joke, by the way. I definitely don't. Um, so I don't know. Am I, but everyone likes Looney Tunes, though. Like people think, and then you've got well, I'm pretty... non, and you've got not not Donald Duck in there too. And he like has does. a he's got a weird voice. I'm sorry, Fitzy, this is a roundabout way of uh, what I wanted to say was is that I'm not, I trust you on Looney Tunes back in action. Okay. Like I'm sure I'm just saying like, it's not a situation where it's like, oh, I love the Looney Tunes. So I need to see this movie. I'm just, is it for someone like me? Well, I still enjoy it. Like I've got. No, no I mean, real... it's mainly just the stuff thing for me, to be honest. But oh, okay. It is a good movie. It is a good movie. Okay. Dude, I'm going to make a okay. three hour supercut of like the best of Looney Tunes and I'm going to send it to you and you're going to have to watch it all. Oh, I'm no. gonna have you know Speedy Gonzalez and you know all of them you know not not just Bugs Bunny but like a whole shebang mate. We got more trailers, people. Uh, we got Loki. Anyone watch this trailer? Oh yeah, I did. Terrific. Oh, thank you. I didn't watch the. I watched the first one. I didn't watch this one. There's been two. Uh, oh. Yeah, we talked. We brought it up. Um, I don't know when was it? Like five months ago, and I I was the only one that had watched that one at that time. Yeah. It was good. Um... Oh yeah, Aaron, Aaron Wilson's in this. I think he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, he was good. Man. 
Yeah, it's just a literary and comedic and fun, I guess. Doesn't take it, it doesn't want to just take itself too seriously or anything, so. Yeah. Could be good. If I remember correctly from the first trailer, it, it got pretty wild in terms of. Like, the story seems like it's going to be nuts, like dealing with, like, going mm. out there with multiverse shit and being totally insane. Is that the vibe that this trailer gave you? Yeah, kind of. There was, like, a scene where I think he was, like, dressed up as John Wick or something. That's sick. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if that was actually what happened, but it was, like, oh an action, God. it was, like, an action scene or something. John Wick is in the MCU? Well, isn't Keanu Reeves going to be playing a character soon? That's the rumor, yeah. yeah. What uh, Craven the Hunter is that its name? Is that an, is that a Marvel character? Yeah, but was that the one? Yeah, I thought it was attached yeah. to. Wasn't he attached to Midnight as well? Oh, Oscar Isaac is Midnight. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about that. All right, let's get into our highlight of the week. Fitzy, what have you been watching? Finally finished the wire. Finally finished it. Whoa. Yes, yeah. Congratulations. No. I mean, no, I agree with uh, what everyone says about, you know, it's amazing with masters and everything, and it just takes a lot of effort to actually watch it because, like, the show never holds your hand and there's a lot going on at the same time, especially as you go further along because each season adds a different adds a different like layer to what you're following. So in the first in the first season you're following the drug war with uh Junior and Avon Avon's crew who played excellently by Wood Harris and um Wood Harris played Avon Bucks and um and uh Idris Elba. Um also it's amazing how many people there's like no one from America in the show or like no one from Baltimore and they all do like amazing accents. It's awesome. Um, and then the second season, you're like, the second season is a bit of a detour, but what it adds to the show is ultimately really great. It adds like, um, this, like, influence from higher authority, like, economic angle, which is still in the first one, but yeah, it's also it focuses more on the working class, which we don't see as much in that. It's like each season follows a new, like, kind of institution or like part of, Society in Baltimore. Um, so like, there's seasons like politics and then education and like, um, but like, all that sounds really dry. Like, it's like this big study of, you know, Baltimore society, but like, it's, it's really great what it does and, um, just alone without all that stuff, all the thematic stuff. Like, I mean, the characters and characterize it's like, they introduce a whole series of, this whole friendship with characters in the start of season four and they're like some of the best characters in the show it's like I mean yeah it's just amazing it's the writing is like incredible on the show so I'm sure it's great but I'm not gonna lie yeah as you know I've watched the pilot and I already found it hard to follow am I doomed is my question it's hard yeah it's hard to follow you need like a lot of attention placed on it but it's a very rewarding and satisfying show like the more put into it what have you been watching jade um well um i watched this documentary called koya Nescazzi. um it's i don't know 
I think it, it came on radar years ago because it was like one of the top IMDb films rated. Um, I only learned like really? I only learned last year that it was a documentary, and then I only learned while well, watching it wasn't a documentary. It was just a fucking film reel. You know, it, there's no commentary. There's no kind of you know. It, it's it's just it's literally just a montage with music. It, it's 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 an interesting watch, I guess, because like there is something oddly beguiling about what we're presented, but like it's just dog shit boring at the same time because it is just pictures. You know, and it's 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 about like you know the the destruction of nature and the imbalance of like you know our current human life, and you know we're kind of start off by we, we you know we're showing images of nature and like stuff like that, and then like you know progresses and you know technology takes over, and then like you know we're showing like you know like the de- development of that and shit, and like, you know human effect and stuff, and like you know like the the translation of the title is like literally like you know life out of balance. So, I mean, like it's very obvious in what it's saying. So like from like a visual storytelling point, you know. It's pretty good at that, but like, and like Philip Glass's school for it's you know it's pretty good, but like nothing changes the fact that it is just images on a screen. You know, it's like chucking like like an ambience mode on your Samsung TV and like just playing that for an hour. So I mean, like you know, it's... I guess some entertainment out of that. To be fair, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like yeah, and that's the thing, like 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 you know, you can enjoy entertainment from it, but like it's like I, I, it's it's hard for like you know you have to have like fucking six. PhDs in film to be able to like give this movie a ten. I swear, I mean like like because like it's it's you know yeah it, it's nice looking at these and you know I appreciate what you know the director's trying to convey. I've heard it now already and like you know glasses score goes along with it nicely, but like you know it is it, I I I I struggle to like I don't like saying I struggle to see because like, you know I think everyone finds very in different ways. But I I really struggle to see how you can give this full marks when it is what it is. Fair enough. Judging by your description, I would probably be the same. I think you'd hate it more than I do. Not not that I hate it in any way. I think it's good. Sorry, <laughs> um, but like, um, I think I, I I think you'd dislike it. As we've established, you've got a good read on me, so I'm just gonna take that as gospel. I watched Nomadland. Fitzy, you've seen this, right? Yeah, I've seen it. This is a top contender for uh, best picture this year. Um, and I liked it. I wanna I wanna talk to you about it because. Really, really interesting film, and it's one that it's it weird. No, no, won't be spoilers. No, okay. no, no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, unless Fitzy wants to bring it up, but I, I, I've got nothing spoilery. Like so. so, so spoil. Not spoil the plot, but like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I didn't walk away from the theater thinking it was incredible. I didn't. It didn't particularly resonate with me in that way, from an enjoyment factor, from you know, an emotional factor or anything. But I thought it was a really interesting film. I thought it was an insightful film. Um, and it's a situation where, like, as I say, like I didn't think it was like amazing or anything, but I didn't think it was great. But if it wins Best Picture, like I can, I'll be, I, I can support that. I'll be behind that, you know. That, that's a choice I, I can totally agree with and understand because, like I said, I did find it interesting and um, it has – that quality of a film that I think I, I do think most people should watch this film. I think um, the way it exposes, you know, a certain lifestyle that affects many people in the US is really interesting and really, it's a really subtle film. I, I, I appreciate it for that. It doesn't, it sort of feels like I actually, and it's funny because reading the trivia afterwards, like it's true. So much of it is just genuine, you know, people you're watching aren't actors and you're just watching Frances McDormand like embody a character like but she's just walking into an environment 
with talking to real people as this character, you know, and it's really, it sounds like Borat or something in that way, but it's, it's very obviously not like that totally whatsoever, but that's really interesting and really genuine. And the character stuff that is there and the, and the emotional stuff that is there will resonate with different people differently. Um, and it's just, it's a film that I think is very much just in its authenticity, throwing stuff out there at you, at the audience watching it. Like just look at these genuine moments we've captured and you sort of take away from it what you will um, is sort of the most I got from it. And, you know, I didn't think it was the most memorable thing I've ever seen, but I enjoyed it. But how does that sit with you? I feel like the opposite almost. Like um, like it's an emotional... I felt sad watching the film, but I felt like the film didn't actually complete its purpose because it didn't... It didn't help me understand, like, Fern's character or why she was led to um, make this decision to lead this lifestyle or um, for the same for any of these people because it portrays this lifestyle as so sad and there's no friends, no family kind of thing. And it really doesn't show, it, it, for me, it really didn't show, the, like, the joys of what this can bring, you know. Um, and... It was very weird in that way. Um, but, like, I was I was affected by, like, a lot of the moments, but, again, it's like, I feel like I was affected in a way. I feel like the movie should have, um, you know, done something to sell the lifestyle a bit or, like, show me the purpose behind why these people um, do this or whatever, because... Um, I feel like the movie wasn't really insightful in that way, or it really didn't try to do any of that. So, which I felt like is what the movie was trying to do, or conceptually what it should be trying to do. But it was just kind of a big mare, like it was kind of the motivations were just kind of shrugged off. And I do, I do disagree with you, but I think it, it is, it's, it's like I said, I think it is what you take away from it because I personally did get that i think it did a good job at showcasing what you're talking about i think the way in which it short of but again it's 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 subtlety so like you know and it's but when i say that i don't mean it's like oh you didn't get it or anything like that it's, i don't mean that at all it's just from the way it chooses to present it is sort of in in different ways like when we get the the moments with like no this isn't that's fine we get moments where like real people explain their stories and from that oh that was totally enough for me to understand like these different situations that lead people to a path like this. And in that, like, I totally, actually, I totally get what you're saying in that it, it seems to present the lifestyle quite negatively and lonely and awful. Um, and I totally, I totally get that. Um, in my opinion, the way it presented it was that, but also balanced in the sense of, I also got a sense of freedom from it. Um, it's not a lifestyle I'd wish upon myself, um, but I did see positives in it. And through, I absolutely agree with what you're talking about, though. Like through through the um, the struggles, I saw positives in it, and elements of that resonated with me. I saw that I, I felt f- there were freedoms, and that can come from, and the genuine relationships and the the people you meet on the journey and the, and the, the moments you have that resonate. I, I think there's enough there for that. There was for me anyway. 
Right. Well, I think there's moments, yeah, there's only moments of feeling that freedom, and the score definitely helps you, um, Ludovico and Yorito, or whatever I don't but, um, yeah, his specific song that he uses for this movie definitely helps in that. But, like, the, the actual thing that happens in the movie, that, like, um, with the guy, yeah, this is kind of a bit spoilery if you don't listen to it, but, like, um, you know, like, she develops this genuine connection with the guy, and then, you know, we kind of follow this plot line, it feels like it, you know, she's going to abandon him and all that, and that happens, and then, you know, these moments of freedom with him, these moments of, like, feeling this joy, like, genuinely, you know, the stuff you're talking about, it kind of leads to, like, her rejecting it and her loneliness, but then you never understand why she rejects it, really. Like, to a, to a full extent, I guess. Do you mean, sorry, do you mean why she rejects staying at the house? Yeah, like, why she rejects, like, a longer relationship with him or, like, staying with him, because that's implied as a choice. She can, you know, stay with him. You know, they will obviously love each other or something. You know, they have some kind of connection, and then she decides not to, which is, like, a massive choice, you know. It, like, she obviously, they have a massive connection, and if she's deciding not to, she obviously has some massive urges that are, like, you know, pushing her in the other direction. But I feel like we never really explore that enough. Like, we kind of, we see a bit of her past, like she was fired or something, and her husband died, you know, she wants to live more freely, but it didn't work. It, yeah, no. That's that's totally fair. I had the same thought. Um, and I think that's an element where the vagueness might not work for some people, although to be fair, I think the scores are actually higher than what we think it is, so maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. But um, for me, it was just, I, I was the way in which her grief was conveyed is what I got was the answer to that question for me. And specifically the final shots of the film and her returning to the house. I've, I talk it as a grief thing. She was grieving and she couldn't bring herself to move on until, yeah. Um, until the end. But that's not, like, that's how I interpret it, but it was, yeah. I, I feel like she wouldn't be happier. You know, it felt like in a, like in any, in any conventional movie, it's like, you know, move on for your grief, you'll be happier. And, I kind of see that in that relationship, so it kind of yeah, didn't make yeah. sense to me. But um, yeah, but like I'll, I think I could like watch it again and enjoy it, you know, because it is just kind of the moments are pretty great and it's a pretty effective movie. So yeah, it's still a good movie. So yeah. Now finally, uh is when we get to our question of the show, aka where Andy and Luke tell us their thoughts. Last week we asked them what their favourite Best Picture winner is. And Andy said, I'm sorry, I'm dying here. My favourite Best Picture winner is probably The Godfather 2. One, because it's rare that a sequel has ever won the Best Picture at the Oscars. Two, it's way better than the first film, although Marlon Brando's awesome acting is definitely the best out of the two films. I like how we all just sort of like did some bit of vague... Facial expression at Andy's statement. They're like, "Is it? Is it way better than the first film?" And three, it's amazing how it's a prequel and a sequel to the first film at the same time, and they use flashbacks really well to segue between two tales. Backed up by powerhouse performances from Al Pacino, 
and Robert De Niro as the young Vito Corleone. De Niro is God tier. I could have is gone God with Parasite. Hey, <laughs> that was great. I could have gone with Parasite, but it's just going to sound very biased. In it, yeah, in it. You didn't want to treat you, Zach. You should, um, you should be thankful for Vandy there. He was saving you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because if he'd written a an equivalent, really complimentary piece about Parasite, I would have just just quit the show. Um. Luke says the best picture Oscar winner surely goes to On the Waterfront. Sorry, I, he said the best, best picture Oscar winner because it made it sound like he was presenting the Academy Award this year for some reason. Um, his choice is On the Waterfront. It's a great film. Brando does it again with another classic of cinema with such compelling characters like Johnny Friendly, Big Mac, <laughs> Father Barry. How does he remember these people? Father Barry? I remember Johnny Friendly. Um, he was cool. And, of course, Terry Malloy. Do you guys remember Terry Malloy? Who the hell is that? The main character. Is it? Is that his name? Oh, no. Is it? No. Oh. I think, isn't Terry the guy at the beginning who gets pushed off the building? Oh. Or is Terry the brother? Oh, God, I can't remember. I think Terry might be the brother. I think his last, the main character's last name is Roy, isn't it? Oh, no, it's yeah. not. No, yeah, no. Ter- no. Terry is the older brother, isn't it? Is it? No, isn't. I think you wrote about the guy getting pushed off. What? No, nah, because like, the guy getting pushed off the building was um, that was watch a bit uh, fucking Edie Doyle's fucking brother. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that that line. Yeah, Terry Malloy is Marlon Brando. Ah oh, shit! Fuck, I was right the first time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Trust your basic. What instincts. other Brando films has Luke seen there? Because he said. He's done it again. Brando does it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't need it. We don't need to interrogate Luke here. You know, he knows, he understands Marlon Brando's a legend of cinema. You know what I mean? Cinema. To be fair, I think I've only cinema of cinema. I think, I think he's, I've only seen two Brando films, I think, unless I'm missing one. Oh, yeah, I'm not done with Luke's thinking, sorry. Uh, it's the kind of film that makes you want to write a comparative essay with Martha Miller's The Crucible. Arthur. Of course. What'd I say? Martha. <laughs> I'm not even going to do it. Uh, I still have the DVD of On the Waterfront on my shelf. Oh, yeah. We, what's our answers? Surprisingly, I like a lot of the Best Picture winners. I think there's a lot of great films there, but it, it, it can only ever really be all quiet on the Western Front. Um, oh, that's a Best Picture winner. Yeah, it's just I, like, it, it's like, I, I, I think I spoke like fucking like eight, eight months ago about it. Um, and like, like none of my feelings have changed. Like it's, 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 it's still like, it's, it's still like perpetually in my mind. It's, it's such an effective and brilliant film and just devastating and glorious and just, you know, it's so poignant for even today. And I think it's just so, so fantastic from like what it is. It's, it's revolu- you know, you, you, they're telling a war story from the German side. I mean, granted it's adapted from a novel, but like, you know, for Hollywood to produce to produce this kind of movie in the '30s is is is, is you know really impressive, and I think how delicate it treats its themes and how you know like like the like you know like how everything is presented and how like you know it, I think post war blues is really you know it, it's it's presented well you know although it's a war piece and it, it it's 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 so fun I I really can't praise it enough I think yeah is it in English yeah. Cool, I like it then. <laughs> it's black and white though. Oh, never mind. Um, Fitzy, what's your 
Best Picture winner, bro? Um, mine is Amadeus, which is a film about Mozart. Um, oh. And um, Salieri is like his rival. And yeah, he just like watches Mozart yeah, fall and rise and everything the whole movie. And the film has really good use of like, um, like diegetic and non-diegetic sound in terms of like using Mozart symphonies to to carry the movie. I'm not like carrying but like, yeah, um, it's really great the use of audio in the movie and um, the cinematography is like a period piece and it's really luscious, like kind of. I mean, not as good cinematography as um, Barry Lyndon, but kind of in that vein, um, you know, massive sets and designs and everything. And it's, it's a long movie, it's just a, like, really epic and long and kind of all that. Oh, shit, I've got an answer. Oh, my God, this can go on so This is what happens when I frame my tabs in a way where I can't see how long the episode's been going. This is, we just go forever. I'm so sorry. My choice would be The Departed. Because it's awesome, and it's really fun, and its characters are sick, and yeah, it's a cool movie, man. Mark Wahlberg's fun in it. You know what I mean? Dude, those ads have been so persistent lately. Oh, the uh, oh, oh, Mike Iceberg. Is that what it is? Is that what he is in it? The betting ad. Yeah, yeah, Ladbrook. Yeah, Ladbrook, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, best yeah, perform- yeah, yeah. best performance in like ten years. I'm not. I'm actually not going to lie. Right, like. When I see that, and like, because it's obvious, like he's just in a green screen in the US. Um, it's like really impressive. Like I'm genuinely astounded. Like, like is it? <laughs> that's what you get when you get a Hollywood actor. Like, he's a genuinely good performance. Like, you have to do that. Like, pretend you're interacting with people. It's pretty cool, right? Anyway, that's it for this week's episode of Cinema Effect. Cheers, everyone, for listening so far. But oh. Fitzy does have to tell us what we're watching next week. Oh god, watching Australia. Um and that's on Foxtel, I think. Wait, hold on. Foxtel on I Disney believe Plus. it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. Foxtel on Disney Plus. <laughs> so watch that if you want to watch a three hour, you know, Baz Luhrmann film. It's not um, three hours, is it? It's like, no, it's like two and a half hours. Holy shit. shit, is it really? Yeah. Oh, my Dude, God. Wait, wait to see how long it feels, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, anyway. Yeah, check that out. I've never seen one of his films either, ever. No? So, didn't you watch... Give him my intro. Did, did, were you in... Weren't you in media when you watched Romeo and Juliet? Is that the DiCaprio one? Did he do that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nah, haven't seen that. All right. Yeah, I think we'll it's here in the... Oh, no. Great Gatsby. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch yeah, Great Gatsby. Yeah. Okay. Actually, no, no I do, don't. I do. No, don't. I don't want you to shit on it. And then, no. well, do you think I won't like it? Yeah, I don't think you'd like. Actually, it. don't tell me that because you'll you'll know, you'll be correct. Whatever you say. No. Oh god. You know, after Australia, we'll get we'll we'll gauge it and uh, and uh, we'll see. Okay. Okay. No, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. All right. Cheers, guys. Really appreciate you joining me. This has been a long one. Mm. It's been a fun one. We hope you all have a great rest of your week. Continue subscribing to the channel. Get us way beyond 100 subscribers, okay? As well as following on other services. As Instagram, exactly. And Spotify. And Spotify. And Apple. And Apple and Google. This one well and truly needs to end. Thank you very much. Have a great week and goodbye.